I want to talk to you about a continuum. This is the third part in a series I began the first Sunday of this year. First Sunday of this year. I have a, a banner out in the front that says, uh, People of the Book. We are here at the Gospel, and not just us, but other people who believe the Bible is the very words of God, very words of God, not just the Word of God in general. But each word, every jot, every little tittle, every, every crossing of a T, or dotting of an I, God all... He superintends it. The Word of God has been preserved. It could not have been preserved had God not preserved it. Men would never have been able to be entrusted with that kind of thing. We would have messed that thing up within the first 50 years. But imagine 2,000 years later, and everything they find archaeologically through the years, and they have found a lot of documentation, you know, pieces of the Bible, old, old pieces of the Bible. Uh, they found them. And it doesn't scare us when they find a piece of the Bible that's 2,100, 2,200 years old. Because when they read it, it reads verbatim with your old King James. I mean, you know, it's not in English, realize, in Hebrew or Aram, a little Aramaic in the Old Testament. But uh, it reads verbatim. I, I saw the Dead Sea Scrolls. I've been there. And the man who was with me uh, could read uh, fluent in ancient Hebrew, which has, by the way, no... There's no spaces between the letters and everything. It just looks like a bunch of letters. It's a wild, wild thing. And so I said to him, is, they had this scroll of Isaiah uh, displayed there in that, in that bunker, if I may say bunker-like building, and it needed to be. And I said, would you start, would you just pick a place and start reading? And man, I thought the boy was talking, I thought he was reading the King James Bible. I mean, it's just word for word. That's because only God could do that. And I'm not a blind idiot. I'm a thinking person who reasons through things. And I believe the word of this Bible is the very words of God preserved by him all these years for us. Partially it is because I believe a God that can do anything. With man, he said, this is impossible. With God, all things, all things. Preserving of the Bible, it's possible. Saving your soul, possible. Preparing a place in heaven, possible. Day, a day coming where by the by redeemed in, the, in, in simple childlike faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection, that you'll be allowed to walk on streets of real gold, possible. Because with God, all things are possible. We're people of the book. Everything we are is around the book. The first, the first sermon I preached were people of the book, which is undeniable. I talked about the inspiration of the Bible. The second message were people of the book, which is unstoppable. I talked about the irresistible nature of the Word of God, that my words will not return void. You can pass this Word out in any form you want to pass it out, and the Word of God will not return void. It will accomplish the purpose that God has set for it to do. It's a beautiful thing. Now the message this morning, we're people of the book, which is unequal. The nature, and I will speak about the rest of the time, the nature of those who follow it. There are no people like the people of the book. God's people have blessed the entire population of mankind through the centuries. You believe it. 
Well, Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. Never preached on this passage before. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Interesting, but true. The angel is speaking about the birth of Christ. He says, the angel said unto them, Fear not, for, be for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. All people. How's that possible? I often wondered about this verse. You mean to tell me Jesus, by Jesus coming and his subsequent death, burial, and resurrection, and then by people putting their childlike faith in him and becoming born from above, because he says if you're not born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. You're not even going to see it. Being born again is not some wild-eyed, crazy thing. It's real, honest, simple faith in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did. And the Holy Spirit comes into a person that meets the, his requirement of faith and births him into the body of Christ. He becomes then called a child of God. And I, I may say it even becomes called a saint. A saint is not somebody who does superfluity of wonderful gifts and wonderful deeds. He is a person who has simply trusted Jesus as their Savior with all their heart and has been born from above, which is the connection between you and God, the Holy Spirit. And your name has been written down in a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. You're born from above. It's the connection with God. And you're blessing the world. Jesus, when he said that, when it was said about Jesus, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, you realize that he was talking about the wicked there. He was talking about the vile people, the God-haters, the murderers, the rapists, and you name it. The Bible says he gives rain to them, and blesses them. Now we're talking about people who, just think of somebody real in your mind, the worst person or bad people that are hurting other people, robbing other people, conning other people, scamming other people, damaging other people. Think of something that would come up in your mind. It would be these people would be just so, so selfish and so wicked and so bad. Well, that's the people he's talking about here. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it says that ye may be the children of your Father, Jesus speaking, by the way, which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son, and that's the S-U-N, by the way, to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Today, people that hate God may enjoy, if we have a beautiful sunset, that sunset's there for anyone to enjoy. Anyone. This beautiful weather we're in right now, this is some of the nicest fall I can remember. This beautiful weather we're in, uh, people that hate God, deny He exists, think that people that follow Him are, are some sort of a mental, have a mental dependency problem. Uh, they enjoy the same weather we enjoy. They don't recognize who made it. They believe it happened some billions and billions and billions of years ago by accident. But he blessed him. He maketh the sun rise unto the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. So when the, when, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, when he said good, the, this, this, this coming of Jesus, 
is going to be good tidings of great joy to all people. I believe whether they recognize it or don't recognize it, they still get the benefits. And I'll try to explain that in the next few minutes. The world is a far better place than it would have been had Jesus not come. That's what he's saying. How? The people of the book make it better by their very presence. I'm talking about the born-again believers. The people of the book make it better by just being here. Just being alive and being among them and walking and doing business and things. Uh, do you know the Bible calls us, the people of the book, it calls us the salt of the world? If you're a born-again believer here, you are, whether you acknowledge it, don't acknowledge it, doesn't make any difference because in some respect, it is done without your permission. If you believe the Bible, in whatever degree you believe the Bible, that tends to, by your very presence, hold back evil, hinder evil. Why don't we have topless dancing in Lee County? You have it in Miami. You have it in Tampa. You have it in Orlando. You have it in almost every major city in Florida. Why doesn't this area have it? They've tried. Trust me. I've gone to the meetings. The whole meeting place was full. The people that want to have it have an argument that we got the freedom to do what we want to do when we want to do it, how we want to do it. And the, the salt of the earth showed up. And they said, you don't have the right to degrade women and to cause crime to increase because the police gave a testimony around every one of those strip clubs and every one of those uh, uh, bad, bad places. There, you can draw circles of arrest records, and the arrest records are real big around it, and as it goes out, it gets less, but within a 20-mile circle of those places, arrest records prove, prove factually that those places tend to create crime and feed crime. People want to know why there's rape, because there's pornography. Shut pornography down. I mean, shut it down and your rape will go to almost nothing. We're the salt of the world. We're people of the book. And it makes sense. You know, we're also called the light of the world. The people of the book are called the light of the world. Now, if you're born again and have the Holy Spirit in you, it makes sense to me that wherever you go, you shed light. Now, when I mean light, it can, be, it can mean light in a lot of different areas. But light represents God. Darkness represents evil. The world is in, in darkness. The whole world lieth in, I believe it says uh, in John there, 1 John, the whole world lieth in wickedness. But when the, when the people of God walk among this world, we're like little, little emissaries of, of God. We're, we're, I beseech you now by the, by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. And when you do that, you know, I'm going to get killed on these wires up here. When you do that, you in some degree hold back evil as a salt of the world and as the light of the world. What is light? Well, because we're here, the world's more educated than it would have been. You look back at the history of education, it's almost all Christian-based in America. 
It's almost all Christian-based. You look back, uh, wherever we go, we enlighten, we, we cause the place to be less barbaric. We make places more civilized. We bring in law and order and righteousness and right things. We don't let people abuse each other without consequences. That makes it a better place. That's good tidings of great joy to all people. You didn't know you were so important, did you? The people of the book, we, we hold, instead of being a part of the darkness, we're part of the light. We resist the darkness, and thank God, because the people of the book showed up at that meeting I was talking about, we don't have topless dancing in Lee County. Now, we're close. Girls walking around with leggings are some of the most, it, that should be illegal, by the way. Oh, I hit a number there, didn't I? Don't you as a Christian woman be caught wearing a, a set of leggings unless you're wearing a dress over top of them. And God's people said, boy, you better. Every male in this place, I know I'm talking to him. But the world's a better place because we're here. It brings good tidings of great joy. For all those who are the people of God uh, that love the book, we help them. But that's just one example. Here's another example how we're, how we're people of the book and how we help this entire world to be a better place to live. Um, you know, we're, we're people who... Uh, let, me, let, me, let me go back here. I missed something. I don't, I don't want to miss this. Another example of how we help is in, let me give you a practical example of abortion. I gave a Sunday school an example of the area called Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea has pretty much been left alone and isolated without outside influence. And when the missionaries first went to Papua New Guinea, what they found was there were barbaric tribes that warred against each other. One tribe would, would attack another tribe, kill all the men, and take all their women, and, and, they, and then they would cook the men and eat them. They were cannibals. And this didn't happen just in Papua New Guinea, by the way. Other isolated places in the world, they have cannibalism and tribalism. Where one tribe's... And there was like no law and no right and wrong. In fact, some of the most hideous things they found being done in those cases... Nakedness was rampant. Immorality was rampant. That's the missionary when he showed up to tell those folks there's a better way. Down, down with the Aka Indians, five young men gave their life in 1953. You remember that? They showed up to tell them people there's a better way. Down the Aka Indians were about like that, which I've just described. I believe that was down in Ecuador. And they killed them, speared them to death, filed five of the men. But they were going down there to make that a better place, to influence them, to give good tidings of great joy that Jesus has come. The Savior has come. He's died. He's paid the price for your sin. And you can be saved, and you can live a better life, a, light, a life of light, not darkness. Abortion. I hate to say this, but the heathen want to kill their babies. The heathen want to kill their babies. 
Who in the world would want to kill a, a, a defenseless, absolutely defenseless child? I'm for, you want to prevent having them? Do that. But once it happens, that's an act of God. Life is an act of God. Of course, even that is Christianity. The heathen says there's no God, we're just an animal, an amoeba that crawled out of the mud one time, swam around, grew fins and wings, and, you know, grew fins and little scales, and swam around the ocean for a while. One day we got stuck in the mud, grew some legs and a tail, began to swing around in the uh, trees. One day we swung from one tree to the next, hit our tail, broke our tail off, hit the ground, stood up, went across the street, bossed a set of clothes, and taught in the university. <clears throat> Have you heard of euthanasia? We old people get to be a nuisance to young people, especially when we get Alzheimer's and dementia, and especially when we start costing them money. And they got to take care of us and not go out and play golf and play tennis. They got to actually stay home, and take care of us, and uh, help us some. I'm speaking to my daughter in law now. <laughs> my daughter in law said that she, if, if I start slobbering outside of my mouth, sitting in a chair, she's just going to buy a dog to help keep me clean. <laughs> Pray that I die suddenly or the rapture happens. Euthanasia. If it wasn't for Christianity, if it wasn't for the people of the book, if it wasn't for Jesus coming, you'd have euthanasia, brother. They'd take the old people that were no longer an asset to society. In fact, we're taking money away from society and just give them a little overdose of something and then just bury them and put them away. They're inconvenient. Remember, you're just an animal. You're that amoeba, remember. You have no beginning, you really have no end. Once you die, you cease to be conscious, just like you were before you were born. That's darkness. God says, I'm sent my son to give you light, to teach you the right way, the true way, what it really is about. And so people of the book are important to the world. My, oh my, we, we, we try to save babies. We're saving babies by the millions, literally by the millions by being here. We're saving their lives. We're, sa we're saving our, our old people, which I have become one, because the people of the book are here. The heathen can't just do that. We're just not going to sit back and let them do that. So it makes the world a better place. It makes it a place of good tidings and great joy that we're here. For all those people of the book help the world to be more civilized, more law and order more gentle place. So who, who are these people of the book? Thank you for asking. Who are these people of the book? First of all, they're people who care. Because they have been forgiven so much. Healed by the grace of God from inside out. They care for more than themselves. They care for others. People of the book care for other people. They care for people around them. 
First, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. How much comfort? Yeah. Who comforted us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherein, wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And here the scenario is pretty simple. We get into trouble. God comes in and helps us and comforts us. Out of gratitude for that, we go comfort other people that, have, that are having the same kind of trouble. How many in here have ever had gout? How many had gout? God bless you. I've had gout, bad gout. Bad gout, gout that wants to make you wants you squeal. And I can guarantee you, when I meet when Brother Irvine got gout, he started saying, Man, my foot's hurting real bad. I, I knew what real bad meant. I knew. You didn't, we were eye to eye. You didn't have to write it out, describe it. When you said I got gout in my foot, I we were like bing, 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 bing. You know, we like, excuse me before I get killed in this court. Uh, we knew. We knew. We looked at you. People get cancer. I can go to them and say, hey, I had cancer. People took radiation. I took radiation. People have migraines. I had migraines. People caught big fish. I've caught big fish. <laughs> Doesn't always have to be bad, you know. We've received forgiveness of sins. If nothing else went right for you in this world, that's enough. Glory. My name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. If nothing else went right for me, that's enough. Jesus is going to prepare a place for me. If nothing else went right for me, that's enough. That's three things. That's big. And there's one many more. There's many more. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary, burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Oh, it's sweet to be a Christian. It's sweet to be a people of the book. Not grammatically right, but it was sweet to be a people of the book. I have a, but what it does to us is it gives us endless gratitude. It gives us a new attitude and desire to help others. But more than that, by the book itself tells us to help others. So we're under commandment to help others. Not only should it naturally flow out of us because of the gratitude we've received forgiveness, but it should, it should also come out of us because we're obedient to, to our Master and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we got two real good motivations to help other people. You can't help other people too much. You can't be too generous. People of the book are people who care. The second thing people of the book are, people of the book are people who share. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, one of my favorite verses of the whole Bible, give and it should be given unto you. How? That verse, that word is not in there. Good measure. You know, when you're going on a buffet and you come across one of your favorite foods, whatever that may be, you don't want them to put you a little bit of put you a teaspoon of that down on the plate. You say, give me a good measure of that. Amen. My mother used to fry potatoes. We'd take fresh potatoes, skin them off, cut them in real thin, put them in a steel pan that was pre-seasoned with butter, 
and a little salt, and she'd brown them things in butter and salt. And I, it's manna from heaven. I never had anything any better. One day she fixed a big old thing of potatoes, I mean 10 pounds of potatoes, put them on the table. She went to do something else. When she came back, there wasn't a potato left. <laughs> she goes like this, okay, off your plates, off your plates. And we, we three boys, and or we had to take potatoes off our plates and give her some. She says, you guys never left any for me. That's because I want good measure, man. Don't be, don't be, don't be stingy on that. When, God, when it says give, and Jesus, Jesus' words, give, have a, have a spirit of giving with the right attitude, cheerful giving. And he says, something's going to happen. It's going to be given back to you in not in a little measure, but in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Do you believe the Bible? Are you people of the book? That's in there. People of the book believe what the Bible says and want to obey what it says, so they give, and they give, and they give. People of the book by nature are givers. They're generous. They're energy givers. They're idea makers. They're doers and shakers. They are people who share. No religion on earth has come near what Christianity has done for this world in raw giving, in finances, in human relief services, in medical care, comfort ministries. Who runs all the faith missions to help drunkards and down and out that can't give you anything back? Who runs all the food supply or most of the food supplies places? What's motivating that? Where's that coming from? Why are they doing that? The Salvation Army. The guy that started the Salvation Army, God bless his soul. What a man, what a man of God started that. What has that done worldwide? Countless amount of churches. Innumerable amount of individuals. Help. Helping people. They're people who care. They're people who share. Oh, I mean, we may differ here and there in doctrine, but the spirit of the book of mercy and help and giving is part of who we are. Jesus' coming was good tidings of great joy to all people. Lastly, we're people of the book. We're people who care. We're people who share. And lastly, we're people who dare. We dare. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, a magnificent passage. He says, Yea, doubtless, Paul says, he's speaking, I count all things lost, but for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, ooh, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable to His death. People of the book dare. They dare to give up this world for the next. They dare to believe the Bible is true. They dare to suffer loss 
of all things if necessary for the prize that is set before them. They dare to trust in the righteousness of Christ instead of their own self-righteousness. They dare to suffer if it needs be for well-doing. They dare even to die for the things of God. Why? Because they're people who dare. Let me read you a verse in Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Amen. Whew, the William Carey's, that and Iram Judson's, the Hudson Taylor's, the David Livingston's, on and on the list could go of missionaries that who went into areas that were hostile, unforgiving, life-threatening. The five guys that died and gave their life down there in Ecuador. Young men with families. They were people who dared. Going door to door here in this area is not comfortable. It's, it's about as easy as probably anywhere you'll ever go. But we're willing to go up and knock on people's door. Maybe disturb their nap. Maybe get thrown off of their property. Maybe get, maybe a few, a few words are said to us that aren't real kind. But Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's in the book. And we're people of the book. And people of the, do, people of the book do what's in the book. And they, whatever they got to give up, whatever they got to put, put down of this world, they're willing to put down and give up time, treasure, or talent because they're people of the book. The people of the book are unequal in our effect on this world and everything around us. The book is undeniable, unstoppable, and its people unequal. I could have spent much time off the internet and gone through statistical facts of what Christians have contributed to this world, but you don't need that. You can do that. It's just easy to find. Even to the place of inventions and making people's lives better. It's just out there. It's simply undeniable. What would this place be if Jesus had not come? But you're, as a believer, you're one of the people of the book. Read the book. Memorize the book. Follow the book. And when the judgment comes to you, the Bible says the books are open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. But I believe this book will also be open. And it'll be really nice that day that you may have read it while you had opportunity to do it. Why are people of the book? Heavenly Father, thank you for the few minutes we've had together this morning. May the Holy Spirit take this message past where a human could take it. 
And may the Holy Spirit put it out there. May your people be encouraged to keep walking in the light as you're in the light. So stay with the book. No matter how crazy this thing may get, stick with the book and the people of the book. A local church is simply a place where the people of the book meet and where they organize and where they plan how to get the Word of God out and how to improve where they live. Help us to the very maximum we can to help and make everywhere that we go a better place. Father, there could be some folks in here this morning who do not know what it means. They've never personally trusted Jesus Christ verbally. I'm talking about verbally. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth. The Bible said verbally. Jesus said if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Verbally. That you know where you could go in the Bible and the book and say, this verse right here I've hung my, hung my soul on. Maybe it's John 3.16. Maybe it's Romans 10.9. Maybe it's Ephesians 2.8 and 9. Maybe it's in 1 Peter. But you can go to the book and say, this is, where I, this is where I'm putting my life. I believe this to be true. And I've trusted Christ as my personal Savior. Not, not by hanging around other Christians. Not by going to church. Not by reciting a creed, but by internal and real repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. And I know if, if I've ever known anything, and I'm part of the people of the book. But if you can't say that, and you don't know that, why don't you let us help you? We're not a cult. We're not going to be all over you. We're not going to hurt you. But we'll share how we got to be part of the people of the book. In a room, in a quiet, in confidence, we'd love to do that. What better time would there be than now or after this service? The invitation is never really over. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He's there to give you rest, and the invitation is open. Let's be the salt of the world. Let's be the light of the world. Let's be that. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.